From the red and black, this is the front page. It's Thursday, May 7th. We've been doing a lot of COVID-19 related coverage in the past few weeks, as every news outlet has, but this week we tried to collect a range of Athens-based perspectives. We made some calls to talk about all that is going on, and here's who picked up. Our first perspective is from Beth Rasumski, the owner of Pain and Wonder, which is a popular tattoo and piercing shop in Athens, Georgia. Her artists are for load and all on unemployment benefits until further notice. The store is currently closed, but staffers are meeting to decide whether or not to open. If they end up deciding to open, they'll wait until at least two weeks to see a continuous downward trend in hospitalizations and COVID-19 related deaths. Since we had this interview, Pain and Wonder decided that they'll be opening on May 11th for appointment only. So you're the owner of Pain and Wonder, which is a popular tattoo and piercing studio in Athens. And according to Governor Brian Kemp's recent announcements, your business qualifies as one that was able to open on Friday, April 24th. So did you decide to stay open or remain closed? We remain closed. Um, you know, at that time, they announced it a Monday for a Friday, which is only four days. So that's actually not enough time. We had already gotten rolling on our protocols that we're going to need to go into place. And four days was not anywhere near enough time. I mean, we're putting in new door uh, hardware and... We need special masks. We need to make those available for clients as well. I mean, it's mandatory. Our, our policy will be mandatory for clients to wear, ma- to ma- wear masks. Um, but we had to uh, source all that stuff. And originally, the mandate had been through the first. So we were kind of aiming for that date. And then, and, and assuming that it would be longer, but knowing that, like, okay, we need to have everything in stock by this date, and then we'll see when we actually decide to open, but at least we'll have everything we need. So we're we're getting our ducks in a row. We're going to make a decision based on the numbers. So if the numbers are still going down, we'll, we'll make a decision based on that, and we'll do training on the new protocols. Yesterday, I finally heard from one of the health departments that I work with, coincidentally not Clark County or Fulton County but Cobb County reached out to us with the new with the new protocols that go into effect May 1st but that's a week after everyone was allowed to open and those protocols include masks and temperature taking and all of that stuff but the effective time period is May 1st so that's a week after everyone was allowed to open with no guidance And they only go to May 13th, which is well ahead. I mean, like, we're looking at these new protocols for the foreseeable future. I mean, into next year, we're probably going to have these new protocols where people are going to only be able to come into the studio by appointment, no guests along with clients, everyone's going to have to wear a mask, we screen everybody ahead of time for symptoms, things like that. I mean, we're looking at that extending until there's an there's an immunization. There's some version of that, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily all of it, but definitely some version of it because I think we're going to see ups and downs in this. You know, it's going to go, it's going to go up again at some point, whether it's, it's, you know, at the loosening of the restrictions or in the fall, one way or the other, we're going to see some ups and downs. And so our protocol needs to be consistent so that the client doesn't expect something different than that what they had last week 
on their next visit. We want to keep those protocols fairly consistent um, until there's no need for them. So you say that you'll look at the numbers and assess when you can open. What numbers are you looking at specifically? Um, so the way that that the way that that makes the most sense for us is we can't rely on testing numbers. And the reason that we can't rely on testing numbers is that the testing numbers fluctuate based on how many tests are offered, not necessarily on on cases. So that's not a number that we can really rely on. What we can look at is hospitalization numbers and death rate numbers. Um, That those are non-negotiable numbers, right? Like so many people get admitted to the hospital, so many people go to ICU, so many people die. Th- those are real numbers. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, right. How are you remaining positive during like this uncertain time that we're in? I don't know that I am. I think that that's a really like, I think that's like all important and like not important. This is the time of like great conundrum, right? For everybody. <laughs> like if I don't know what day it is, does it mean, does it mean anything? I don't know. I, I'm just trying to get as much and stay in as much action as I possibly can. Because when I slow down too much, depression sets in really fast. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, how long are you in your house before you're not able to leave your house anymore? And so um, I think that we're all going to be faced with that idea of, it's all been really, really scary, right? So we're so scared that we stay inside. But at some point, we're going to have to leave our houses. You know, we're going to have to get, wrap our head around that, too. Um, okay. Um, well, those are all the questions that I had for you. But do you think there's anything else that you would like to say that we didn't touch on? So I would say it's temporary. It made me really sad. I guess a local restaurant owner in Athens committed suicide really early on. And and I just hope that, like, even if this is the worst case scenario for someone, that it's still temporary. And that I think for a lot of business owners, they we just got to hang on a little longer. Just a little longer. And it'll be all right. I also interviewed Mackenzie Brooks, a freshman intended business major from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She was in Spain on her spring break vacation with her family. She, her dad, and her sister all came back from Spain and felt fine. But on her fifth day back, her dad started having a fever. They all tested positive for COVID-19. And a quick disclaimer here, Mackenzie plans on working for the Red and Black in the fall for our sports desk, but we have editorial approval to interview her because she tested positive for the novel coronavirus. So, Mackenzie, what symptoms did you guys all show? Dad got a fever on our fifth day being home. And my sister and I had never felt symptoms, but him having a fever meant that all three of us had to go get tested. We all got tested, and we all tested positive. And through the whole thing, he was really the only one that had the classic, like, fever, cough, like, all the whole nine yards and struggled a lot. But my sister and I just, I couldn't smell anything, which was a really common symptom in kids our age is that, I just lost my sense of smell. My mom would, like, I would close my eyes and she'd put peanut butter or bacon under my nose and I couldn't smell it. And um, so that's when I realized I had it. And I did have shortness of breath, but I'm a runner and I would always run. And I couldn't tell if I was struggling to run just because I was out of shape or if I had coronavirus. <laughs> but, um, yeah, my sister, too, was really mild. And it was just crazy that, you know, that's why it's spreading. It's Our generation is so asymptomatic. And that's the biggest issue. I mean, if I didn't get tested, I probably wouldn't have known I had it. And Trump announced a travel ban from Europe when you were still in Spain. And although U.S. citizens could still come home, details were obviously still unclear then. What was it like being in Europe at that time? Barcelona was very 
that's where we were. And it seemed like nothing was wrong. Like the tourists, all the tourist places were busy and the restaurants were open. And I mean, this was early March, so it wasn't, it was definitely skeptical, but it wasn't enough to cancel our trip at the time. And we just, I don't know, it seemed fine. And then we got a call. It was like 3 a.m. our time when Trump was making that announcement that was saying that they're shutting down the U.S. borders. And my sister and I woke up to all these texts and calls from our friends like, you're so screwed, you're stuck in Spain, we knew it, like you're screwed. (laughs) Woke up in like panic, (laughs) didn't know what was going on. But um, for my sister, who was supposed to be there the rest of the semester, we had to book a uh, 2300 one-way ticket er, to... Um, I guess, yeah, I think she flew into Newark, but she had to go to Germany first, which is the opposite way. So it was a mess for those kids, but they were in Barcelona, they're at clubs in like the middle of the night. Like clubbing is like 1 a.m. to 4 Mm a.m., something crazy. And my sister's friends were like, there were kids running out of clubs on the phone with their parents going like straight to the airport because Trump had not made it clear that it didn't apply to U.S. citizens. Like we were all in this panic over there that we were also going to get shut out. So after you got back and realized that you were positive, how many days did you guys have to self-quarantine before you could like be okay to go out in public again? We like, we got our test results back on, the I think, the 19th of March. So from that point on, we did two weeks of quarantine. It, it was just hard to tell when me and my sister should have started quarantine because we never really had this distinct symptom that was like okay you have it so start your two weeks but um like we just kind of went off my dad's symptoms and played it that way but we kept him isolated in his room because the health department had called us and was like if you and your sister are um symptom free within two weeks you're free to go but if your dad's not symptom free like don't be around him or else you have to stay quarantined too once we were all clear it's like we became like the superheroes of the family because we were immune to it and we were the safest people to be around and then we started doing all the grocery trips and everything because we knew we had it we knew we can't get it again and we're not a threat to anyone so I'm almost glad I had it now while everyone's quarantined anyway how long did it take your dad to recover and how long did he have symptoms for it he had the fevers for 10 days the physical pain was bad but like mentally it's just because you, you need to be three days fever free to start trying to be like symptom free or whatever and he was so close and then he got a fever and he's like I'm trying so hard not to cry like he was just so frustrated that it wasn't over I felt so bad for him as you know I'm sure this past weekend businesses were allowed to reopen like non-essential businesses like bowling alleys and hair salons right, due right to, like, Georgia, yeah. yeah um due to like um Governor Brian Kemp opening that option back up like what was your reaction um and like what is your opinion on like that after like going through this experience with your family right um i i mean i obviously trust what the governor and i know that's a lot of things above me that go on that i don't know but it it just almost seems unnecessary so soon i don't know who they're trying to beat to do this i mean i totally understand the economic part of it but i just could see it becoming a relapse like I feel like the fall in Georgia especially for college students is so much more crucial than having this next month of nail salons and bullying alleys open like it just doesn't seem as crucial to me as you know September and October when we're all back at school I mean a bowling alley like I could not think of a more germ-infested place like there's, there's nothing more 
German faster than a bowling alley. I just think one of my frustrations was that hospitals won't let kids my age get tested if they don't show symptoms. And the whole issue here is that we're not showing symptoms, and that's why we're spreading it. So it, it still blows my mind that people are hospitals are turning down young adults because they don't they're not coughing or don't have a fever. And it's like they're not gonna get a fever or a cough, but they very much have coronavirus. So. Um, I think that's just one of my frustrations in it, to see that some people aren't able to get tests that should. And I spoke with Uber driver Jesse Kenny, who, if you are a UGA student, you might know better as the sweater man from the UGA basketball games. I assume you haven't done much Ubering for the past couple of weeks. Zero. We actually have not done any Ubering at all in Athens since the students went on spring break in March. Mm-hmm. I assume that's both for your health and just because there's not as many people in Athens. Yeah, the 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 Uber and Lyft presence in Athens is is pretty substantial. There may be as many as eighty or ninety drivers on between Thursday and Saturday night or early Sunday morning in town. Uh, all trying to get a share of that UGA student market because that's really where the market is mm-hmm. in Athens is with the students. So when the students aren't there, there is no business. Things on Saturday like uh, the shower cap, you know, and stuff where the mm-hmm. kids are involved all day long. Mm-hmm. So the market is those times, and when and uh, so when the students aren't here, there's very very little business in Athens. In that sense, I guess is this from the standpoint of Ubering, this is kind of just like the summer. Well, uh, I Uber in the summer when there's summer school here. I don't Uber all the, all the time. Mm-hmm. I just Uber on the weekends. Uh, and uh, uh, and most of the Uber drivers in Athens, you know, Uber on the weekends. There's very little activity during the week. What has it been like not having that either, not having the income or just the, uh, like, weekend routine? Oh, it's hard because, you know... Um, I mean, that's a good, the number one is not only is it a good income, I'm, I love uh, toting those students around down there. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, they call me the sweater man in Athens. And uh, a lot of those students know me. I'm the uh, Georgia basketball super fan. So mm-hmm. um, the, a lot of those kids look for what we call the uh, sweater man van, uh, which is my XL. I have an XL car so I can take groups of six seven in there and um you know i get all the uh, sororities and fraternities that travel in packs so it's a lot of fun so i i as, as bad as the money is i just miss the students being in town because uh you know there's really no business so i'm out i'm out of work and and there won't be any business for me until the kids come back it's not financially worth it to burn your gasoline you know to make maybe one trip an hour or maybe two trips if you're you know, just turn your app on in town. And that's really how you make your money in Uber is those wheels got to turn. You know, it, it all happens on the weekends. And, of course, when the students aren't here, there's a very, very little market. Before this, you mentioned you're delivering flowers for Mother's Day. Is that to... Yeah, uh, well, I've got a couple of jobs. I'm in fundraising. I, I work with schools and supply them with wrapping paper and cookie dough, Otis Buckmeyer, mm-hmm. chocolate bars that the kids sell to make money. Uh, that's my normal job, and I do that about 25 hours a week, and in the other 20 hours or so, you know, I Uber drive, and uh, just two different kind of things. The schools all shut down in March. They're out. They're done, and so my, my essential job is 
non-existent too until the fall. So I lost both jobs, no income. So I got a friend of mine that uh, owns a flower shop in Watkinsville, Elizabeth Ann Florist. And so uh, she, uh, during the busy times like Valentine's and Mother's Day, and she's, you know, book full of business. And so I drive and deliver flowers. Today, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I will be delivering flowers for Elizabeth Ann Florist. How's that been going? It'll be fun. It's always fun. It's a good time, you know. I mean, we have to wear a mask and that when we deliver today. But, uh, you know, uh, it's the flower business is going to be good this Mother's Day because uh, a lot of people can't travel mm-hmm. and see their parents, you know. And so they're just ordering and delivering flowers. So it's going to be, you know, very busy the next couple of days. It'll be really fun. Talking about fun, you are the sweater man. Even from what it sounds like when you Uber, you're you kind of like that energy. What has it been just having it completely like well, everything shut down? Well, you know, I've been the sweater man for basketball so since 2000. I bought the sweater in the year 2000, and I've worn it now for 20 years. I just love the basketball program, and I've just kind of got a reputation over there. And the kids have gotten to know me as the, the sweater man, uh, wearing the sweater to all the games. And, and uh, being the sweater man, I have a sweater man tag on my Uber. <laughs> W-T-R-E-M-A-N. So the kids all know who I am. And when I drive up uh, to pick them up, sometimes they're doing jumping jacks and they're excited to get in the car. And uh, Uber, you know, gives me an opportunity to talk about Georgia basketball, promote the program, get the students to come to the games. It's, it's a lot of fun to haul those kids around and talk basketball. And all that, you know, keeps me young. I'm almost 70 years old. I'll be 70 in September. So, but, uh, you know, I don't act like it. And I'm Ubering all these college kids are like Ubering around my grandkids. So it's a lot of fun to have them in the car. If you get in a sweater man van, you're going to have a good time going from the dorm or your apartment to downtown and back. I guarantee you'll have a good time. And is there anything else you had to say about all that's going on? No, you know, I mean, uh, it's just sad to drive through Athens. I uh, I drove through town uh, uh, last week, first time I've been out of the house really in about, in about a month. And, um, you know, it's sad to see all the buildings uh, shut up and the traffic, no traffic downtown. And, you know, I'm, I'm really scared for a lot of those businesses that uh, may not come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because uh, it's, it's difficult, you know, to to be in the in the food and beverage business anyway, and to be outside of business this long, uh, you know, it's very difficult. So I'm just praying for all those uh, restaurant and bar owners downtown and other things too mm-hmm. that are affected by this COVID COVID thing. So hopefully we'll get back to whatever that new normal is. I don't know if it'll be like it was before, but we'll find out, you know, college kids, you know, they're pretty uh, strong. So <laughs> I, I'm hoping we can get back into the days where we're rolling downtown and you can't walk for the students. And, but you know what, we took all that for granted when all this on a, on a Friday night at, at 11 o'clock or Saturday night after 11 o'clock, when you couldn't get through downtown because of the thousands of students, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun to, to watch and highly enjoyable. So I'm hoping we're going to get to a situation where we'll get back to that, you know, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Excited to see what the Sweater Man van has going on for the first night back in Athens. Yeah, baby, it's going to be good. (laughs) I can only tell you, I'm probably going to have flowers in there for all the students. It'll be fun. But, yeah, they can expect something special out of the Sweater Man van for sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, Jesse. Well, thanks for getting for talking. And that was the front page. The Front Page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company, sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening. We hope you tune in next time.